0: The NHL season is fast approaching and roster deadline moves are just ahead. We'll cover all of that. We've got a women's hockey spotlight and our bold predictions for the upcoming season. Who's going to make the playoffs? All that and more on this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast.
1: You're Locked On
2: NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On
1: Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And welcome everybody to the Friday edition of the Locked On NHL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Want to thank everyone who makes Locked On NHL your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So you can get new episodes as soon as they drop. And you can also now find us on the SXM app. Just do a search for Locked on NHL. Rachel, happy Friday to you. Uh we are so close to the start of the new season.
3: I can feel it. Uh, by this time next week, we will have actual games we'll be talking about.
0: Yeah, hard to believe and uh, exciting times. It's one of those rare moments when all 32 teams, well, most of them anyway, have hope for the upcoming season. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, You know, that's that's a positive thing certainly to see. A little bit of news I wanted to touch on first, though. We have a suspension that is actually going to affect the preseason and the regular season. Your thoughts on that?
3: Yeah, um, Arthur Kaliev uh, was suspended for two preseason games and two regular season games for kneeing Chase DeLeo. And, um, you know, I watched that video and that was definitely an extended knee. Uh, out there and it just seems so careless um, and i think like if somebody had a bigger history of suspensions or fines or something they would have gotten more games for it but it's a first offense essentially for him so four games mm-hmm. seems about right in the um you know the carousel of justice as
0: yeah <laughs> it likes in- to do in the NHL scheme of things, yeah, four, four games, two and two seems about right. And I agree with you. That was a pretty flagrant kneeing violation, and it definitely did deserve to be addressed by the NHL. So glad that the league uh, took care of that. And then we have a, a statement from the commissioner uh, about a preliminary cap number for 2024-2025, and I think this is good news for hockey fans around the league.
3: Yeah, I think, you know, getting a, a more significant increase for uh, next season, well, not this current season, but the following season, I think everybody sort of knew it was going to happen, but um, it's just helpful to know the ballpark of what it's going to be so the teams could plan. I think knowing that number will help, uh, teams that are looking to maybe sign extensions with some of their players this upcoming season prior to trade deadline prior to next offseason and just like get that business dealt with. And if you have a better sense of where the cap is going to be, you can do that.
0: And just to clarify, Bettman estimated, and this is the preliminary revenue projection, that the cap will be between 87 and $88 million in 2024-2025. Right now we are at eighty three point five million. So three and a half to four and a half million dollar increase gives teams a little something extra to work with, and we'll probably see some contract extensions being worked out. I mean, you, you talk about Connor Hellebuck and William Nylander, Stephen Stamkos, among the big names that could be unrestricted free agents next off season. This gives teams a little bit more to work with if they're trying to sign these guys to long-term deals
3: absolutely
0: so we've got that but also when we're talking about the season about to get underway we've got to talk about roster moves and waiver wire moves and that is coming up early next week and uh teams are faced with some tough decisions right now
3: Yeah. So the roster deadline is Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern. That's when we'll know. But uh, usually there's a huge dump of guys going on waivers on that day. So to make room for those 23 man rosters or maximum of 23, I should say, some teams go under because of cap reasons or. Or whatnot, or or wanting to bank cap space early in the season. Maybe they're playing home games to start the season and then they'll up it to 23 when they start playing road games. You know, there's all these little tiny maneuvers that happen as we know. But uh, to hit that deadline on Monday, a lot of times, you know, teams have to send their guys down to the minors, some of whom are on ELCs or a waiver exempt for. Uh, age reasons or whatnot and so they can do that but a lot of guys do have to go through waivers and uh, that makes it sometimes difficult usually there's this one day where a whole bunch of guys go through so if you're trying to hide somebody going through waivers that's a good day to do it but it seems like a lot of teams have already done the bulk of their waiver transfers so far
0: yeah, which, which again, it's all strategic and how the general manager wants to try to, you know, you get it done early maybe. So p- p- people are saying, oh, there'll be better players that we can try to get later. So we're not going to put in a claim on this guy. Or do you try to do it when everybody's doing it? So the name gets a little bit more lost in the shuffle. A lot of different sort of strategies to play. But, you know, there's a couple of teams in particular that are looking for goaltending help that may be able to find some during waivers and some teams that are going to try to prevent themselves from losing that third goalie.
3: Yeah, I think that's going to be the huge question mark here is is goaltenders, because that's sort of a move that a lot of teams leave until the last set of waivers in order to send that third goaltender down to the minors. I'm wondering if some teams are going to end up rostering a third goalie this season in order to protect those guys and hope that somebody else puts somebody through waivers that let's say a Tampa Bay lightning or potentially the Colorado avalanche who also are maybe in the market for an additional backup right now. Uh, you know, they, they want to make sure that their goalies and their goalie system are, are sheltered.
0: Yeah. And, you know, look, the the lightning clearly with Vasilevsky going to miss two months. They are lacking in the goaltender department. And, you know, waivers is one way to do it. They could also try to make a trade if they're if they can't get the specific player they want. But, uh, you know, they don't really have a proven starting caliber goalie right now. And you got to wonder who's going to be out there on the waiver wire that may interest them. So we have to see how this all plays out. And there's, there's going to be a lot of, you know, there's always a couple of surprise names on the waiver wire every year and guys who end up changing teams right before the season starts.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's gotta be tough for anybody to switch teams like that, but you know, I, I do know, you know, I have to use the flyers and as an example, cause that's who I cover, you know, the flyers have had four goaltenders pretty much for most of training camp, uh, Cal Peterson cleared waivers. Uh, Maybe they thought they would put him through waivers a little bit earlier to dangle him out there as a carrot. Now it's a $5 million carrot, so it wasn't likely to get (laughs) taken. So it's either, you know, it was was pretty obvious that he wasn't going to get claimed, Um, but Felix Sandstrom could and who's the other goaltender who's going to go through waivers. So, I think that it's going to be a really interesting waivers from a goaltending perspective. I think most teams have the rest of their rosters settled or close to settled and have players from within. Now, if there's something crazy that happens and there's a real valuable asset out there, sure, maybe somebody gets picked up if there's a team that has a particular need. But I think that's what we're really going to be keeping an eye on is, is the goaltenders on Monday and Tuesday as we see what happens.
0: No doubt. And, and, you know, you have to also remember, this doesn't just affect NHL teams. It also affects the AHL farm clubs of each of Mm -hmm. those teams who may be counting on who the goalies are going to be. And all of a sudden one of them is plucked up on the waiver wire and maybe they have to call up a goalie from the ECHL or bring in a sign, a new, goalie for the organization so or claim somebody else and you know to fill that void so there's always that ripple effect that chain reaction that's going to happen and it's certainly going to be something to watch uh early next week and uh never a dull moment even even on the waiver wire leading up to the season all right we have got a lot more to talk about on today's show We have Erica L. Ayala coming up with our bi-weekly Women's Hockey Spotlight. Plus, Rachel and I are going to pick our eight playoff teams for each conference. So we've got all that and more coming up. But first, we want to talk a little bit about bird dogs. Today's episode is brought to you by bird dogs. Bird dogs make you look good. Bird Dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg to give you that truly sculpted look. And Bird Dog shorts do the same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. You know, regular shorts are made of a stiff, restricting cotton, but Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches, so you get that slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And Bird Dogs uses anti-stink, sweat-wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry. All day long. Bird dogs are functional for any occasion. You can wear them to work out or to go out, and you can enjoy the product. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL or enter promo code locked on nhl at checkout for a free bird dog's water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NHL for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you.
2: Hey there, hockey fans. Welcome to another Women's Hockey Spotlight. And I'm going to tell you about two names that you need to know. One, Corey Chevery with the Pittsburgh Penguins. And two, Jessica Campbell with the Seattle Kraken. Now, both Chevery and Campbell were able to be behind the bench at preseason this year for their respective clubs corey Chevery has been with the canadian national team just like jessica campbell and this year has been brought in by the pittsburgh penguins to do some things throughout preseason and we are told that she will join the coaching and development staff and consult effectively with the team throughout the season now jessica campbell for those who are Everydayers to Locked on Kraken, then you know we've had Campbell on the podcast, and she was hired last year as an assistant in the AHL under Dan Bilesma for the Coachella Valley Firebirds. Thus, when they made their run to the Calder Cup Finals, Jessica Campbell was the first woman to coach in the AHL finals um, and throughout the AHL. What I liked about my conversation with Jessica Campbell last season, last preseason, was that she was actually taking the meeting in a room, in a coach's room, dedicated to women coaches. That's right. When the Seattle Kraken built Kraken Community Iceplex, they mapped out on the floor plan, a specific coaches' dressing room for women coaches because they had the foresight and expected that they would one day have women coaches either visiting like Chevry did with the Penguins or, as they chose to do, on their staff. And speaking of Jessica Campbell and Corey Cheveree, Both actually have a connection to the new Women's Hockey League, the PWHL. Now, Corey Shevery will be one of the coaches in the league while Jessica Campbell helped PWHL Ottawa at the draft. Now, I was at the draft and Mike Hirschfeld, uh, Mike Hirschfield, excuse me, the general manager of the Ottawa team was talking about who helped him ahead of the draft I'd been asking him this question for several weeks and of course he mentioned Jessica Campbell so I was at the draft and then several days later with Jessica Campbell as she made Seattle crack in history at preseason but let's take you over to what Jessica
1: Campbell had to say yeah I mean I I I think I just focused on the task at hand and coaching but absolutely it's it's obviously a tremendous opportunity, and, and I'm honored to be to be where I am, and to be. It's really it's a humbling feeling to be a part of the Kraken organization. I truly mean that. And so yes, today there was moments I tried to just be in the moment, but for sure taking it all in and in the crowd and the fans, it's it's a pretty unbelievable experience. Yeah, I think tonight's you know obviously our focus was just laying the foundation for the year, and I think there was some very positive moments to build on, and I think both teams both ways. You know we didn't capitalize perhaps to get the result we wanted, but. There's some good to take out of it and i know the team's going to build off of it absolutely it's great i mean that's that's obviously what the ahl is all about it's a you know one of the best if not the best development league in the world and so to see them on this stage and, and getting to make the plays and show their skill set and really fight for a chance to to play for the kraken it's, it's awesome to see and to stand behind absolutely i think obviously you see it out there right and the drop off is small and you know being in coachella and and obviously Looking to the to the framework that the Kraken set, you know, from the veteran players to the rookie players and and the competitiveness and and just the talent overall. Obviously, that's what we're striving for every day in our locker room and our guys bring that and to see them get the opportunities and and to be able to to bring that to the table here at camp is is awesome. It's exciting to see that for them. Yeah, Dan's been fantastic. I don't think there's a better mentor for me and and support system than to learn from someone who's who's won. Obviously, and and done it all. So every day, I try to just you know keep a growth mindset, ask a lot of questions, and there's never I don't think bad questions in hockey. So he's been great. He's in, empowered me, and and I feel you know that value every day that I get to bring to the staff and to the team, and just try to have an impact on the guys.
2: I think it's kind of cool that both of those women have connection, connections to the PWHL. Now, speaking of the PWHL, there has been some reporting by Ian Kennedy that the PWHL is planning to do away with agents, as in players uh, will not be allowed to have agents if they make less than $50,000. Any player making less than $50,000, the PWHL is said to be um, banning um, those players to have agents. Agents in hockey and sports think this is a really bad idea and they think could be dangerous to players making 50K or less. And, you know, I've kind of talked that the salary structure for the PWHL is very interesting. There's no cap. There is a minimum on what players can make every player in the league must make at least $35,000, but any player under 50K not to have representation. If you go to the CBA, which I, I actually carried with me here in Seattle, but this always stood out to me. When the PWHLPA develops a player agent certification program, the PWHLPA and the PWHL will meet to discuss the terms of the program. So, there is going to be some kind of clearinghouse, it seems like, for agents, which we haven't seen in women's hockey. And on its face, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. But I was always cautious and curious of what does this mean and who is going to be the arbiter? It seems like the PWHLPA will be the arbiter. But we know that traditionally systems like this have left certain groups marginalized and unable to participate. And I do think ultimately that a player should be able to have the representation that they want. For better or worse, that's on them. Um, But it's also, I think, on them to make wise decisions when it comes to those types of business partnerships. Anyway, that's all we have for the Women's Hockey Spotlight. If you want to learn more about Jessica Campbell and hear what Jessica Campbell and Dan Balsma had to say about Seattle Kraken training camp, the the competition for some of the players that played with them in the AHL to perhaps make an NHL roster, and how the two balance all of that make sure you check out Locked on Kraken. I'm the host over there, and we'll have some more insights from Dan Bilesma and Jessica Campbell, who, as I mentioned, alongside Corey Shevery, made a little NHL history this preseason.
3: When you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could do the same thing with your business team? If you're building a roster to win the league, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Candidates you invite to apply through instant match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search. As soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resume's on Indeed, Match your job description and you can invite them to apply right away. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit Indeed.com slash LockedOn to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
0: So it's prediction time. We are, uh, by the time we come back to the Friday show next week, there will actually be games that count in the rear view mirror. The season will be underway. So let's break it down division by division, conference by conference. And uh, let's, I guess let's start with the Atlantic division out East. Uh, Who do you think are the top three teams in that division this year?
3: Um, much to my chagrin, I will say it is the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Boston Bruins, and then the Florida Panthers. I feel like, uh, the Panthers are going to take a little step back as will the Bruins, except this time they're going to have some playoff success. And I think that's where Toronto fills the gap, right? And so this is their chance to come out on top in this division.
0: Yeah, I I think they have a good chance. So you don't think the lightning will be among the top three, not in the top three. No. Okay. All right. I I'm going to agree with your top three picks there in that division. I, I think that, you know, Boston takes a step back, but not so far that they don't make the playoffs. I mean, look, they set records last year. There's nowhere to go, but back, uh, Correct. realistically speaking. And, uh, you know, Toronto, uh, I have no problem with them in the regular season. It's what happens when the playoffs start that always seems to trip them up. Uh, And I think there'll be a little more desperation in Toronto because of the uh, fact that their window may very well be closing as far as keeping the four core players together. So that'll be interesting to see. How about the Metropolitan Division where both of our teams that we cover play your top three there?
3: Yeah, I think uh, New Jersey and Carolina are the easy picks. I think it's that third spot that's going to be a little tougher of a prediction. I'm going to say the New York Rangers now, but it was close for me.
0: Yeah, I I have to agree. I think New Jersey and Carolina may go down to the wire as far as who's going to win the division. They did last year, went down to the final game, and I think it'll do that again. But those two teams are the class of the division. I I think the Rangers, as much as I think we both hate to say (laughs) it, uh, are the next best team on paper in the division. Uh, So, okay, Eastern Conference, two wild cards. Where are you going? And that's where I have
3: the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Pittsburgh Penguins who just missed that third spot for me.
0: Ah, boy, you know, I'm going Tampa Bay Lightning, and I am going Buffalo Sabres. I think they finally get over that hump, find just enough goaltending to uh, t- to make it. But, you know, you have Pittsburgh, you have the Islanders, Ottawa and Detroit. I wouldn't count entirely out. It is going to be a very tight race for those final two wild card spots in the East.
3: Yeah, and I have the Buffalo Sabres in my potential spoiler spot for the East. So I think we're on the same wavelength here.
0: We, we are. Yeah. I mean, I have the the Islanders in Pittsburgh as my sort of next biggest spoilers on that list. So yeah, very, very much on the same wavelength. Let's turn our attention to the Western conference. Uh, let's go central division top three teams there.
3: Yeah. I think this is going to stay pretty consistent with the avalanche, the stars and the wild. I do think that the stars could have some potential to win the division this year, but um, I think those are definitely your top three teams.
0: Yeah. I think those are your top three as well. You know, I think Dallas may very well come in second again, but I think they may have a better playoff this year than Colorado will. Mm. uh, So We'll see. You know, certain teams are built more for the regular season. Certain teams are built more for the playoffs. And I think Dallas is built for the playoffs. So we'll see. And how about the Pacific Division, your top three?
3: This was another case of the top two were easier for me, Vegas and the Edmonton Oilers. So the Oilers could win the division. Um, I'm not saying Vegas will definitely win. Um, And then I went with the LA Kings for that third spot.
0: Uh, I go L.A. as well, but the wild cards are going to be trickier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Western Conference wild cards, what do you have?
3: Yeah, this was so difficult. Yes. I, went, I went around and around in circles, but I landed on the Seattle Kraken and the Nashville Predators for my Ooh. two wild card spots. I think the Preds are going to surprise some people this year and just eke out the very last playoff spot like at the very very end of the season
0: that is going to be a tight race I'm going LA Kings as well I think the Calgary Flames probably uh end up with that final spot but it's going to be uh oh wait no wait 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 uh Kings and Kraken I think are mm-hmm. are my wild card with the Flames being uh one of my spoilers I like Nashville I think they're still one year away sort of in that rebuild new coach new gm yeah Uh,
3: i I feel like there's always one team that overperforms where they should be in a rebuild and i just with the new coach and everything so like all the new feelings surrounding that team i feel like this is like the preds year to be that team to outperform expectations significantly um And I I think to your point, the Flames are my spoiler team. I think that they will no doubt, I think, improve from this past season. I think it was a blip. There was like an issue this past season. And I think there's room for them to improve and they understand what it feels like to be a winning team and then backslide. They have all the motivation in the world, right? So I, I feel like it's going to come down to the Preds and the Flames at the end of the season. And either one could take it, but I, I'm going to put my money on the Preds.
0: Well, you know, the, the Preds have goaltending, so that, that's mm-hmm. always that's always a plus. And there's not a lot of pressure on them this year. There which is, is not, always... and
3: that's why there's always that one team.
0: Yeah, no, I understand. And, you know, it wouldn't shock me if the Kraken, like, they, they, to me, they're the wild card not in the sense that they're necessarily going to clinch a wild card, but they could really take a step forward or they could have gotten there a year too early last year and they backslide this to me. They they are the most difficult team on this list to predict. I think long-term they're headed in the right direction, but this year it wouldn't shock me if they take a half a step back.
3: Right. And so that's where I put them in the wildcard spot. But I did too. But... I have a little bit of doubt there.
0: <laughs> but yep. that's
3: why the West is so much harder, I think, to predict than the East this year.
0: It is. And then, you know, another team that could be a spoiler, and a lot of it depends on their goaltending and whether they sign or keep or trade. Winnipeg. I mean, it. How do you go against Hellebuck to to keep that team in a lot of games and possibly reach the playoffs again? So a lot of possibilities out there for sure. And uh, you and I seem to be more or less on the same page here.
3: Yes, Um it makes me feel really good about my predictions, but also very nervous for the both of us.
0: It yeah, yeah. horribly wrong. Uh, I, I think I'm in the same boat with you on that one. So that's going to do it for today. I uh, want to thank everyone who makes Locked on NHL your first listen every day. I will be back on Monday talking to three of our local hosts about the biggest stories from around the league. I want to thank Erica L. Ayala for our biweekly weekly women's hockey spotlight. I am Gil Martin. She's Rachel Donner. Have a great weekend, everyone. And thanks for listening and watching the Locked On NHL podcast.